Good morning. My sound is on. See, I told you I'd remember. Uh, so as I start, I have an exciting opportunity for you, and I think Sean is still up there somewhere. So if you find him after the service, and you sing your favorite of the songs we did, and sing it all the way through perfectly, he will take five of you to the Super Bowl. <laughs> now, you won't be able to get in because tickets are extremely expensive, but he will go with you there. Uh, he did not know about that contest, so we'll see what happens. Um, we are continuing the series, The Biggest Loser, as you see from the screen. Uh, and as I said last week, I never watched this show, but I really liked the concept of losing being a good thing, although not in terms of competition, but in terms of giving up things that hold us back, giving up things, like last week I talked about anger, uh, giving up things that really affect our lives in a lot of different ways. And, and that's a process. That's not necessarily easy. Sometimes we say things and it's like, you know, I need to do this and boom, it's done. That's not how it works. It takes time. Uh, so I could ask, I could go individually and maybe last week uh, with anger, you're like, this is something I focus on. I could be like, hey, how did this week go with you? And, and we would all have kind of roller coaster stories. But one of the things, or what I want to talk about today is a little bit different, but on that same line. And it's letting go of our limits, letting go of the things that limit us. And I want to talk about being limitless in God, because God is limitless. And so start with Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Uh, so we know this passage to be about our faith and about our faith being like a, child, a child's, a children's, a child's. Uh, and a child, when they believe in something, they believe in it. Um, I, I know that there's a thing with uh, Elf on the Shelf now and stuff like that. And I don't want to spoil this for anybody watching at home, and so I'm not going because it's very real, but they believe in those, and they believe in all these things, and do it so purely, and so hopefully, and so that's such an amazing thing, and that is definitely part of it, but this is also about our lives, and how we live them, and who we are, and, and who we try to be. Uh, it's about adulthood, and what we kind of turn to with that, and so the disciples kind of give us a picture of what adulthood is like. Um, they're talking about what's next. They're not focused on what's in front of them. They're talking about what's next. And they're talking about who's the greatest and who's going to advance and who's going to be in and who's going to, to be the boss and who's going to, to do this and who's going to do that. They're all focused so much on that, on being one better. You know, obviously, I, I, I'm doing the, the best job, so I need the best uh, performance review or something like that. They're focused on the promotions. They're focused on all of that. They're focused on how they can advance. They're focused on what's the sale at this week. They're focused on uh, whether Home Depot is going to have this in stock or whatever. Uh, I don't know how real adults talk, but I assume it's stuff like that. <laughs> and they're focused on all of that. And Jesus brings a kid in, and he's like, hey, guys, you're so focused on this stuff, on this stuff that ultimately does not matter you're forgetting to live in this moment of faith, in this moment of hope. You're forgetting to focus on me and, and on what you can do and on how you can live that life and on more and everything that you can accomplish. 
And so what, what do kids do? What are kids that, that we can kind of copy from? Well, kids aren't very threatening. I know that if a little kid comes up and threatens you, you're not very scared most of the time. I mean, Tim is, but other than that, you're, you're not very scared most of the time. Uh, kids are really bad at deceiving. I mean, a kid will tell a story, and you pretty much know from the get-go that it's not, it hasn't really happened. Uh, and, and so we laugh at that, but it's like, isn't that what we want? Like, to not be good at deceiving so that we don't do it? And, and kids also dream. They're not worried about tomorrow at the cost of today. They're, they're not worried about uh, everything that they could be when they believe they could be everything. They dream big, and they believe they can do it all. Uh, I have a random child of uh, a random picture of a child. Uh, this is not that's Beatrice, but um, she's my niece. Beatrice is dressed like a princess there because she is a princess, but she draws a lot, and she does it really. She's probably all two-year-olds in the world. Uh, she paints. Uh, she plays music. She sings. She makes up stories. She loves dinosaurs or Dysons, as we call them. Um, she builds towers with blocks. She likes to ride trucks. She dresses up like a princess. She wants to play and make believe and in a house. And she loves all of these things. There's a quote, uh, and I think most of us know part of the quote. And I hear it quoted partially a lot. It is that a jack of all trades is a master of none. And we kind of stop there, and it's like, yeah, i got to focus on this one path. Um, I've heard from... from a lot of parents that schools now are kind of forcing you to focus on one sport instead of doing a bunch of other ones. And if you look at some of the greatest athletes of all time, some of the greatest quarterbacks, like they were good at football and they were good at track and they were good at basketball. And now it's kind of like a very focused line. And so we'll see what happens, but it's very focused on one thing. But there's more to that quote because the rest of that quote is, but oftentimes, oftentimes is better than one oftentimes is better than a master of one. Because basically saying, we try different things. We work on different things. We move towards different things like Beatrice was do, it does, like little kids do. Uh, they focus so much on just who they can be and what they can be and how they can be and all of these amazing things. It's so cool and, and, and such a wonderful thing to see. Now granted, as we get older and as we turn into adults, we have bills, and we have responsibilities, and we have jobs, and we have kids, and we have all of these different things that, that definitely have to, to take place. Like, you can't go up to your boss, or you can't go up to the IRS, or you can't go up to the phone company and be like, yeah, so this week I'm going to focus on my dreams. This month I'm going to focus on my dreams, and you all get back to you with the payment. It's like, I've got bad news for you about what they're going to say back. They're not going to care. They don't care about that. They don't care about what... Your life is like as long as they get the money, right? And so that affects us. But we also limit ourselves in different ways. We limit ourselves in our doubts. We limit ourselves in what other people say about us. We limit ourselves in what we believe. Uh, back to Beatrice for just a second, and I promise I won't keep going to her. She wore that dress to her YMCA class the other day because she loved it. She loved it, and so she wore it, and she didn't think anything of it. Now, Amber and David may have been like, oh, no, but it's a two-year-old. We get it. Now, imagine yourself doing that. Not necessarily a dress, but imagine yourself 
not caring to that extent what other people think as you're trying to do something. Because you believe that you're a princess. Or you believe that you're a Super Bowl champion. Or you believe that, that you're worth doing what you want. You believe that you're a child of God and you go out and you just live like that and you wear that. Right now. And I pray about this all of the time. She doesn't care what other people think about her. She just lives her life as best as she can. Now, unfortunately, and if you're parents, you know that this, the world takes that away a little bit. But it's our job as Christians, our job as adults, our job as people to do our best to kind of take it back and to live like that, to go out into the world, to, to do what we can, to dream. Can you imagine that for just a second? Not just the clothes, not just the YMCA class, not just not caring, but living out your dreams. Uh, can you imagine believing in yourself? Can you imagine believing in your hopes? Can you imagine having hopes? Can you imagine what life could be without any limits? About not worrying what other people say, about not worrying what other people will do. But just standing up and living and being who we're called to be. It's so amazing and it's so hard. It's so hard because everyone, everyone says as advice to someone else, well, don't worry about what other people think. And yet, it's very easy to care what other people think, right? Like right now, a bunch of things pop in my head as I'm talking. I talk, are, are people listening to me or are people making jokes about me? Uh, is my sound going in and out? Like, am I making sense? Like all of these different things are going through my head. And, and that's just now why I'm also focusing on what I'm saying now. In life, when I'm doing things and walking through, all kinds of doubts and all kinds of limits and all kinds of things pop in my head too. And as we get older, it's harder to remember back to those days when we didn't really worry about that stuff. We just kind of did what was in front of us. We believed that we could be anything. God still believes that for us. God still has that hope for us. And it's so cool that, that we have that. And listen, I'm guilty of this too. I am absolutely guilty of not believing in myself. And if you know me, you know that's true. But I'm also guilty of putting dreams aside, of limiting myself. Uh, I have one book published, and you can buy it on Amazon. Just search my name. But I also have this dream of publishing more of being a writer, continuing to be in ministry, but being a writer. And I, I keep putting it off. So at first, it's like, ah, oh, man, you know, I don't want to send out letters to literary agents and publishers because of COVID, because it's going to get lost. Now, we still have COVID, but like things started to open back. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, but, and I come up with these doubts, and I come up with these fears, and I come up with all of these different things that limit me. Because we get caught up in our day-to-day -day lives. Now, listen, I'm not saying quit your job and join the circus or whatever else, unless you're job is the circus, then keep doing that. But what I'm saying is, we limit ourselves by that nine to five mindset or whatever the job day is. And we should do our best in work all the time. But we limit ourselves to where we come home and it's like, oh, well, I always watch TV right now and I always eat right now and I always do this. And we kind of stick with that. And we forget to take time to dream, to hope. We forget to take time to witness, to share. Because this doesn't just apply to 
our dreams and our hopes, it applies to how we live for God. We limit ourselves there too. We limit ourselves, I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't show this. I shouldn't be this. I shouldn't help that person because, you know, somebody else will and I can't do it well enough. I'm not who they need to hear from. I don't know enough to help them. I don't know enough to share with them. I don't know enough to, to be there for them. So many ways that we limit ourselves. So many ways that we doubt ourselves. I want to go to another scripture. This is Psalm 118, 5 through 9. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. How true is that? The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our strength. The Lord is there. How do we work on this? How do we work on our limits? How do we work on doubting ourselves? How do we work on dreams? How do we work on being better? How do we work on growing? We pray. That's where it starts. It always starts there. There's a reason that that's a church answer, because that's the answer. We start there. We pray, and we work on it, and we hope. And even praying, we sometimes limit ourselves there. We pray, and then we just kind of wait. But prayer is an action. We pray, and then we work at it. We pray, and then we move forward. We pray, and then we hope. We pray, and then we act as if we feel. That's a phrase that I like. That's a phrase that I, I deal with a lot. It's act your way into feeling. Uh, back to anger for a second. Like, let's say that you struggle with anger, and we talked about that last week, and you've been praying. Well, you have to act like you have a handle on it as you're working on it. You can't just wait until, boom, it's gone. And it's the same thing with it's, it's the same thing with self-doubts. You, you can't pray and be like, okay, please, God, erase my doubts, and then I'll wake up tomorrow and they're gone. That's not how it works. He helps you with that, and he listens. And that, that's part of the process. And doubts are so hard. Doubts are so hard. Doubts in our ability. Doubts in our faith. Doubts in who we are. Doubts in what we can accomplish. And age and responsibility and other people's opinions, all of those kind of magnify doubts. And sometimes a hundred people can tell you, you know, good job, or that's what I would do too, or, you know, you're a wonderful parent, or you're a wonderful worker, or whatever they'll tell you. And then one person says something that's negative. And it's like, wow, that's exactly what I think. This must be right. And so that magnifies the doubts we already had. That magnifies our limits, and we just stop. I have a couple of quotes from the two greatest writers of all time. Uh, the first is from Shakespeare. Hopefully. William Shakespeare. There we go. Uh, Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Now, I know some of you just had a flashback to school and you're like, oft, I can't believe that this is happening. I'm done. No, no, no. Come, don't worry. This just means that your doubts betray you. Our doubts aren't the truth. Our doubts aren't what's fact. Our doubts aren't what, what God has for us. They're traitors. They're traitors to what we can do. They're traitors to what we accomplish. They're traitors to what our lives can be. And it continues by explaining that and says it makes us lose our good. What doubts do is they make us focus on those doubts. And that loses the good that we could do. 
by helping people, by dreaming, by hoping, by standing up, by writing, by, by being who we are meant to be. What this says and what the Psalms say is, the good will outweigh the doubts. And again, it's easier said than done. But God, God is with us. And God absolutely outweighs the doubts. And he is there and we go to him every day. And we go to him all the time. And it's not just talking about good for us, although it will be good for us. Being the best version of ourselves will be good for us, but it's also good for others. Because we can share God's message, we can share God's love in new avenues, in new ways, by showing that he has no limits. By showing people who we can be. By showing people who he is. It's an example of his love, and our words share how he has helped us. They share how we have overcome limits. And so we reach others, and we show them, and we keep growing. And we still come back to those limits and those doubts. And the other greatest writer of all time is Stan Lee. You can laugh. Never give up on your dreams. When I first wrote Spider-Man, my publisher said I was crazy because people hate spiders and insects, and he was not going to publish it. But I never gave up until it was published. Now imagine this for a second. His dream was to publish Spider-Man. He'd already written The Avengers and Fantastic Four and a bunch of stuff, and I realized that as soon as I talk about comics and Shakespeare, some of you are like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Stay with me. This is how I feel when people talk about, like, mowing the grass and Home Depot, but... <laughs> he had a boss who said, nobody's going to care about this spider guy. You got to stop him. And Stan put his job on the line to publish this issue. Now, I'm not saying go against your boss like that, but trust God. And he went against everything that everybody thought, and as of like a couple days ago, the latest Spider-Man movie is just about fifth all time in making money. So Spider-Man won. Sorry to the Batman fans, Spider-Man's bigger. Because he followed his dream. He created what he believed in. He believed in himself. Now, I can guarantee that as Spider-Man was going out there in the world and being published, he had doubts. Maybe the first sale numbers weren't very big, and maybe this, maybe that. And he's probably like, oh man, did I do wrong? But it worked. We're not always going to be successful. But one of the things I try to push to the teens and to Beatrice and to anybody else that listens to me, trying our best is success. Trying our best in anything that we do, in everything that we do, is success. I know someone, nobody in Ohio, that often they will give advice that is basically like, hey, if it doesn't really matter, don't try. And they're talking in terms of school or whatever else. Only try in the classes that are your majors and don't try in anything else. I don't like that. Now, granted, I care more about grades than most people. Still. But once we limit ourselves by not trying in one thing, even if we don't care about it, that's opening the bottle. 
and letting the toothpaste out, or whatever, mixed metaphors there. Uh, and once that genie is out of the bottle, once that toothpaste is out of the tube, it's harder and harder and harder to put it back. So once you get used to not trying in things that quote-unquote don't matter, it's easier to talk yourself into not trying in things that do matter. And then you're like, oh, you know, you've lived a life of not trying, and then you're just stuck. When you have so much more inside you, so much more potential, so much more that we can accomplish, so much more that we can share. Because God is with us, because God loves us. And in the scripture, the Psalms, it, it says, if the Lord is for me, what can people do? Do other people's opinions hurt? Absolutely. Do insults hurt? Yeah, of course. But none of that is bigger than God. You know, Jesus didn't have people insult him. He had people literally kill him. And yet, his love, his life, his example is all of that. So much bigger than all of that. Run to him. We pray and then we run to him and we take refuge and we do our best. We start to think about things as children. And not like, hey, I'm going to go play with Play-Doh instead of work. No. Unless, again, your job is playing with Play-Doh, which, give me an application, that's kind of cool. We think about things like kids. Some of the things maybe we wanted to try. Or we start to think, hey, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can stand up. Maybe I matter. And we start to think that, and we start to believe that, and we start to share that. There's one more scripture I have. I think I have it on the, the, the slide too. Now all glory, this is Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That phrase, infinitely more. Now think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. Think about every good thing you've ever experienced. Every good thing you've ever experienced. The birth of a child, uh, the Bengals making the Super Bowl. Um, I guess you haven't technically experienced that yet, but they're there. You just next week. Uh, the the a new job that you really wanted, uh, success, a grade, something. Every good thing you've ever experienced. God can do infinitely more than that. That's insane. God can do infinitely more than every good thing we've ever experienced. He can go above that. Now think about uh, things beyond your expectations. Maybe dreams that you had and dreams that, that you never really thought you could follow through on. God could go above that. Infinitely more. Now this one is going to be a mind trick a little bit. But think about things that you don't even have the ability to imagine or name yet. God can go above that. God has no limits. Every limit we place on ourselves, that's placed by human nature, by us. But we cannot place those limits on God, on what God can accomplish, on what God can do, on who God is, on how he can help us, on how he can lift us. His power, his glory, his love has no limits. And through that, neither do we. His love has no limits. 
That means if you try something big and you fail, he still loves you. That means if you're kind of scared and you're letting the doubts win right now and they're limiting you, he still loves you. That means no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you've done, no matter what you can do, no matter what your life is like, he still loves you. And that alone can lift us up. That gives us the ability to do whatever. Because that's our net that is always there catching us. His love, his power, his glory, his abilities, his lack of limits are always there. And so no matter what we do, no matter what we try, he's there. We can never outrun his love. We can never outfail his love. He's there waiting, helping, watching us, working through us. And again, this isn't easy. Nothing in this series is easy. If it was easy to, to uh, let go of the things that hold you back, then I mean, why would we be here? We wouldn't need other people. We wouldn't need anything. It's just easy. You do it. It's not. And honestly, it might even be hard to start dreaming, to start thinking big, to start believing in yourself. That's going to be hard too. Because once the world has kind of shaped us, and we've held on to these limits. It can be really hard to even break out of that and think about, what was I like as a kid? What did I hope to do? And yet, God's love has no limits. God's power has no limits. God abil God's ability has no limits. And that is with us all of the time. It's through us all of the time. Our example at home, the example we set at work, the example we set at Walmart, because it's cheaper than Target, the example we set anywhere, that's vital, that's important, that's who we are. But also, the examples we set by reaching out above what we think we can accomplish, by reaching out and shaking off limits and helping other people and loving other people and sharing with other people and doing more than we ever dreamed of, that's also vital. And I say again, this is hard. Because maybe you can't even remember, well, what kind of ministry can I do? Where can I plug in? Where can I make a difference? What are my dreams? What do I want to accomplish? But we pray. And we lift each other up. And we work at it. And we try our best. And we find doing it. Step by step. This is a step by step thing. Everything in this series is a step by step thing. And so we take that first step and we say, God, help me to remember who I can be. And then we take that next step and say, God, help me to tune out the noise and focus on you. And then we take that next step 
God, help me to try better, try harder, try more. And we take that next step and that next step and that next step. And if we fall back a little bit, we remember God still loves us and we can help each other. Because we rise by lifting each other up. And we rise by going to God. And we rise by setting an example. And we rise by sharing who we are with Him. That's what this series is about. It's not about the losing, although that's obviously a part of it. It's about what we gain. It's about what we can gain and what we can help other people gain. Because no matter what your life has been like, no matter what people think or say about you, you can be that princess at the YMCA. Or that prince. You can do anything through God. Because He has no limit. And his love for us is above anything we can imagine. That's all I got. Please stand. It's been a while since I've gotten to do two in a row. It's kind of exciting. But, man, it led to a lot of doubts this week. Uh, I don't often feel good about me and what I say, but last week, a few people said some stuff after me that really touched me, after the service, and it really touched me. And I was like, wow, God was here, God was there. I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm preaching this week, and I'm like, is that the same? Like, no limits, like dreams, like that's not like anger. And I had to think about my own words. Because sometimes, and I think Tim can tell you this, and, and Dwayne and Ann and anybody else that speaks up here, a lot of the time we're preaching to ourselves too. Because we are all in this together. We are all here for a reason. And God has a plan for each and every person here. has a plan for the words that he speaks through me and he has a plan for the words that you speak during the week and he has a plan for your life and man it's above anything that we can imagine it's exciting it's like beyond the Super Bowl exciting no matter what it is that limits you whether it's doubts or anger or grief or hurt or other people's opinions or just not feeling like you're in the right place, whatever. God can lift you up. God can help you because he is there with you. So as I pray, as I pray, pray for a release from those chains. I felt this a little bit last week, and I feel it right now, and I've talked to Sean about it, and, and I just, I never know. When you're preaching, sometimes it's kind of weird, because you have a plan, and God's like, hey, shut up. I come from a background with altars, 
and with praying for each other and all of those things. And I've learned something over the course of my life. An altar is not just a piece of wood that's up here or whatever else it's made of. An altar is anything where you stop and you pray to him. It's even just standing. So as I pray, if you feel that God is speaking to you or God has spoken to you and just there's something at work, please feel free to come forward. And as you see, if anybody comes forward, if you see that and you're like, man, I just really feel led to pray with them, but I don't know the words to say. And I got to tell you, even as a pastor, I sometimes don't know the words to say when I'm praying with somebody. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's just the hand on the shoulder and you praying silently that that matters more than anything you can imagine. So as I'm praying, if something has tugged at you during this service, whether it's during the songs or during my words or right now, which I guess are still my words, as I pray, come forward. And if you see people and you feel that, you feel God saying, hey, I know that you're scared of praying and I know that you don't really want to do this publicly, but I just you got to go up and you put your hand on their shoulder or you stand near them or whatever, then do that too. And I can tell you something else I've learned. I've been on both sides of this. Sometimes nobody comes. And I had a wonderful pastor when I first came to Ohio that taught me, that doesn't mean that the message was a failure. It doesn't mean that God is failure. It doesn't mean that the people are a failure. It just means that that wasn't the week they came, but that'll go with them. So if you don't come, don't walk out of here being like, oh man, I, I, I lost it. No, no, no. Because God goes out with you. So take the time to pray, whether it's in here, out there, wherever. Take the time to pray. Don't limit yourself. Bow your heads. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for bringing us together here today. I thank you so much for the communion that we shared, for, for the, the grace that you've given us. I thank you so much for this series in which we learn and we grow and we help each other. And I thank you so much for the words that you allowed me to speak today. And Lord, I ask that you help us to move past everything that limits us, to focus on you, to focus on what you can accomplish, to focus on your love, to focus on your grace, to focus on what you can do through us. And I ask that for myself too, Lord. I ask that you help me and anyone else that struggles with this to remove the chains of self-doubt, to step away from the shackles of, of worrying about other people's opinions, and to just rise up for you. Be with us this week, Lord. Help us to show you in everything that we do, to stand up for you in everything that we do. Help us to dream, to hope, to live for you. Thank you so much for giving us a place, for giving us a time, for giving us a calling, for giving us a life. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Go and be blessed. And good luck next week.